This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. It's Monday, May 11th. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Welcome to Weird Day again. Hello, Cliff Dorfman. How are you? Jason Smith. Hello, everybody. Top of the weird week to you. How are you? Top of the weird week. Happy, happy today. Happy today. I feel like there was a holiday we missed somewhere, but maybe it's just one coming up. Is it? Well, it was my mom's birthday. Yeah, but that was a day And Cinco de Mayo, then Mother's Day was yesterday. But Mother's Day, it was Mother's Day. Mother's That's what it was. It was Mother's Day. So let me just say, first of all, do you like the whole new Here, let me, let me show you. Here, look, now it's all there. Like, stuck at home with Cliff. This is temporary art, but we like a lot of this. And Jason, and then if you notice... Wait, on the window. <laughs> so this is what we're doing. This is Starburns Audio presents Stuck at Home. It's amazing to watch something through the fans and through our doing it evolve into this show now that's going to, and there'll be an announcement about it. New. Yeah, well, we'll get more into it, but the, the, the goal is still to do this show that we're doing, talk about content, do these things, but add on a little bit more Starburns stuff, you know, talk about bring more hosts and guests from the, from the, the network in here, but Promote the uh, network. I, but I always said to Jason, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm cutting you off. I always said to Jason that, and I think I said it on the air, we're the tonight show for Starburns. That's what it is. We want to promote everybody and people who are just in the podcast world because you don't see them on billboards, even though they're huge. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and on top of that, I think it'll just be a lot of, it kind of lines with what we're doing. The, you know, and I, I like that, you know, the Cliff Dorfman show still exists as the Cliff Dorfman show. We got, we got yeah. stuff to do there. We got we got interviews, in depth kind of artist interviews are still going to be that part of it. This is a little bit of a different show, so we wanted to rebrand it to make it kind of fit what we're doing. Exactly, a daily thing where we can talk about the content, so on and so forth. So we'll get more into that. We don't want to bore you, but just now, no, stuck at home, stuck at home, man, and me. Okay, so now were we doing any kind of feed, or do we want to talk a little about some content? You know, because I, yeah. I know you're gonna. Oh, so and we, we have Jeff Sicario today again. We have Jeff right? coming, okay. on. coming on. Real quick, yeah. um, I know you had a Twitter post that you wanted to share. I want to get that. Yep. Let's Cracking that me up. But in a good way, not like I just, I love this person. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's just watch it. I'm going to try not to All right, comment. Kind of want Jeff to comment on it, though. <laughs> like All I right. want him to do a little. All right. So let's let's take a look at this. This is on Twitter. I found it last night uh, from Patricia Arquette's feed. People around here don't wear, Can hear it now? don't wear their gloves. Okay. I just finished showing a house right now. The lady was pissed off because I asked her to wear a fucking mask. Like, seriously, woman? And then she's coughing two seconds later. Like, it's no goddamn big deal. We're in this shit because of fuckers like that. Because people <laughs> out there on their goddamn boats doing all their bullshit, partying. Really? No, I'm not jealous. No, I'm not. Because you know what? I have a fucking yacht. I could go out He's with my friends and party, but there's a goddamn time and place for everything. And now is not the time and place. 
Now is the time and place to be taking care of yourselves and the people around you. There are people dying. There are people in hospitals risking their lives because of motherfuckers like you who won't wear your mask, who don't wear your gloves, who don't wear practice social distancing. Yes, Miami's a party town, but the truth is, you know what? There's a time and place for partying and everything. Now is not the time to party. This shit, what? Oh, well, only in Miami, only in Dade, only in Florida. Let me do it for a fucking video, for a fucking meme, for a fucking goddamn TikTok. Wear your fucking mask, wear your gloves, or we're going to be quarantined all the way to goddamn September. And we may be spending fucking New Year's in our house because of you fuckers out there who don't wear your mask. And you know what? I give a fucking, fucking, fucking goddamn rat's ass if you guys get pissed off at me, don't like me. And you know what? You delete me after social media. You'll probably be doing me a favor. So I don't need fuckers like you. Wear your fucking mask, wear your gloves so we can get the fuck out of our house, you dumb fucks. So she had something to say. I mean, first of all, all, I don't know. She's got a yacht. I think that's important to note. She's driving in the fucking top of the line Tesla truck, it looks like, with the all white vegan leather, you know, seating. So she's not poor. By any means. And if you look at the the, the like the Ray-Ban aviators, they're mirrored. You mm-hmm. see the front thing, the sun's coming down. It looks like she's on the intercoastal, just That's chilling right. in Miami. Doesn't she's really as fuck, by the way. Going on, like she's not even she's ignoring the sunset. She's like, Yeah, she's so mad. And listen, rightly so. She's like, Oh, do it for a TikTok. I listen, everything she's saying, I, I, I wish I could tell you I disagree with it, but yeah. come on, let's get out of this shit. I mean, we're wear your goddamn masks and also don't don't um don't Instagram and drive. Don't do either of those things. <laughs> well, it looks like she had it uh, on the mount. I could see the phone. You could see her face in the phone oh, through yeah. the glasses on the mount. Yep. Still, don't don't Instagram and drive. I, no, 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 no. It, it's not that. Uh, it's not uh, Dan says she may have been a little too subtle. I don't know if we all got what she was talking about. And the truth is what she's talking about is uh, women's suffrage. Um, she's, yeah. <laughs> it was all. Happy Monday. Did all, you watch anything? Um, I can't. We're done with. We're done with her. She's great, though. Follow her. I don't even know. We got to find out who she is. Though we'll put it up. Who she I, is, right? Yeah, we all put up who she is. She. Um. Uh, but uh, as far as content this weekend, I watched uh, all of that Solar Opposite show. So I have. I know. I know. Wait, I have to stop because didn't we talk about the pool? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like I'd be can, remiss. Can you vamp for a second? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I can vamp all, all show really. I mean, all right here we go. Vamp for me. All right. So, oh no, you're putting me on the on the front line. Okay. First of all, I'm going to say this: Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. And if there was ever, you know, belated Mother's Day, and if there was ever a day where mothers should be appreciated, and I don't use the word should loosely, it was yesterday. After the fucking year we have had and every mom, not only now being a full on mother, but also having to do it 24 seven instead of like, what, 16, seven. I mean, so let me say those extra eight hours are probably the difference between sanity and insanity. So for all the mothers who kept it sane, didn't perform any acts of violence and have been a smile on their face and taking care of their families. Uh, this is something that I want to say again. Happy Mother's Day. You fucking deserve it. What a year. And uh, hopefully next year, everyone can be at brunch somewhere super expensive that uh, uh, somehow there's a, a new fun thing. We're on the man. We're with the man on the street, Jason. This is him in his habitat here as he's going outside. I love this, Jason. And he's gotten the pool watch 2020. So he went all the way to Hawthorne. Hawthorne. There it is. There's the Loch Ness. 
There's the pool. And this is, see, look at that. Look at that fucking hose and that filter. It's not fucking around. They got a whole Loch Ness monster in there. And you got floaties. I mean, people can lay on a raft and it's what, three feet? Three, oh, we don't have his, uh, we don't have his mic. But I'm going to say it's about three feet. I don't know what we're looking at now. Your wet hand, but it's about three feet deep, Cliff. <laughs> Looking like pretty rough conditions out there, Jason. How how are you hanging in? I'm just learning to use my phone. I'm an old man. I'm an old man that doesn't know how to use a phone to do selfie videos. But this is my this is my new this is my new pool. It's three feet inflatable. It's got this little. It's got a little pump. Noticing that a little pump. A little filter. Got a little dinosaur. It's nice and wet. Looked like a Loch Ness dinosaur, though. Looked like a Loch Ness. You're just glad you got to go use some of that uh, cold. How warm is it, the pool water? All right, well, he'll, he'll come back now when he gets back into his uh, garage. I got to say, loving this a lot. I want more blood coming down the, the hands, like the fingers, like smattering the, yeah, with blood. That's going to happen, I get. I bet, by tomorrow. Hello. Oh, you're back. I love that. We got to do more of Jason on the man on the street, Jason. <laughs> yeah, we'll work yeah. on it. I need somebody yeah. that can still control the board because I can't like take myself in and out from that far away from the computer. It turns out yeah, we need land. <laughs> I need, need somebody run the run the run the room. Yeah, run the remote. You know, like just so we're 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 all over where we need to be. There's Scott Porch. Is it three feet deep? It is, Scott. Three feet deep. So the one we originally bought was four feet deep. Right. That one didn't show up. I don't think I, I did. I tell you, I found one on Craigslist. Right. Yeah, we thought you were supposed to go out there. You had to turn around because of traffic. As soon right. as the show ended on Friday, I went out. So I expected, I mean, I expected, I was, it was Hawthorne. You know where Hawthorne is. Everybody in LA doesn't know where Hawthorne is. It's kind of near Inglewood on that side of the airport. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, decent space, not, not necessarily somewhere where you go visit very often unless you either live there or need to pick up a, an inflatable pool, but a great place. Kind of expecting to go to somebody's house and they have kind of like a bunch of junk in the yard and, you know, just one of the things that they're selling. That was not the case. Turns out it was three little white kids <laughs> who had what I can only assume bought all the inflatable pools in the city. And they were selling them out of a box truck behind a, a, a like a hotel. I mean, they're probably making money, though. I have to say to be sitting at home, be like, you know what? We should buy all of the inflatable pools. Like, how is that? A, how is that a thought? What does that say? <laughs> That's a community reference. I love, but it's not El Segundo where I left my wallet. I did not left my. Got to get it. Got. Oh, speak up! I lost my wallet uh -huh. on the way to my. Uh, I left it. I didn't lose it. <laughs> I left my wallet in El Segundo. Yeah, I, didn't I lost lose it. I didn't lose my, my COVID uh, test. Um, oh, <laughs> and? and and I had to order everything back because uh, I lost it on the on the ground. Uh, but. Anyway, the, yeah, the, the the pool with like the actual setup yeah. was easy. Just buying it out of a truck was kind of a challenge, or kind of fun actually. It was like, and then they were like, "It's all working." Yep, yeah, it all works. There's chlorine in it. Um, it's it, we don't need to heat it because it's not big enough. It's already warm enough. Um, yeah, and, another place for your uh, family to ignore you and be on their phones. Oh, I, if they could just ignore me there, that'd be the best. Um, <laughs> just in the pool on their phones, like, yep, all good. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. If I if I could if I trusted myself, I'd just stand in there and play VR, like okay, I just so, and just moving around in VR. Before, because we have Jeff, right? And I, I I heard you. I liked what you were saying, but I felt like what I wanted to say was more important. I Do don't it. know, why, but <laughs> I just have to own that. <laughs> 
that being said, I'm going to continue. I was saying about Mother's Day when you forced me to riff, the tag to that whole statement, Jason, I want you to know this, is that I spent all this time, you know, my, my mother and I are like this, my best friend, close as fuck. So, you know, in the normal, I don't know, weird, like, you know, normal, you know, relationship, yeah, yeah. but incredibly close. So I spent all this time, like, I want to get her flowers, like I got her a glass, like crystal flower once. I was like, what do I... It hits me like, okay, what's going on in New York with food? I call Zabar's. I, I order online. So from Zabar's, if you don't know what Zabar's is, then just look it up, I guess. It's fantastic. So I order a Mother's Day basket. This is the beginning of the week. I, I, I'm very meticulous. I pick the day and the time and the delivery. It's supposed to be there on Saturday. I don't hear a fucking word. I got a confirmation from Zabar's. Basically, I call them like, oh, yeah, we had a thing. And sorry, it'll be there on the 22nd of May. That's Zabar's. Not yeah, they just fucked up my whole, like, Mother's Day. Like, I was ready for her to get that Saturday. She could, like, her and my dad could eat it on Sunday. Just fucked me completely because it's all about me. Right. Yeah. Well, but you, you also want, it's about them, too. You also want to make sure you've expressed it on the date and time that you said you were going to do it. It's all that planning. It makes you yes. feel like you're not doing the things for your mom. It's not yeah, about you. Yeah. Right. Thank you for, for, you know, making me feel better about that. But really, I was just very, so I, I felt like, why not talk about it? Because... The truth is they had no care at all. They weren't like, hey, let me, you know, and, and again, it's not about money, but like, let me credit you, you know, it was not a cheap fucking no. bathroom, FYI. And, you know, I feel like I, you know, anyway. I, no, I, I feel the same way. I have, there's a boutique gym near my office that, that I have a thing for that I haven't been going to, but I also haven't canceled. Um, and uh, <laughs> I kind of expected like some sort of like pause and everything just to happen. And then I got a note. What no? They they get their credit to the end, but they're they're still charging. And I, it's a small gym, so I'm kind of doing it. But like, I kind of expected like a hey, this is what we're doing, and this is why we're doing it. Not like for me to have to call, like just the little things, you know? Yes. Get I, it? I, listen, I, we could get into the meticulous, you know, or the 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 mundane kind of items of how much shit is falling through the cracks. And then each time I get upset, I'm like, well, there's all these people out there doing all this work. I'm like, oh, I can't really be that upset or, you know, come on. Yeah. Like, but then but this A-bars thing, I'm still bothered by because I feel like they're just still making a lot of money. And, you know, yeah, I, I'm going to move on now, though. Let's move on from Zabar's because, you know what? It's still going to be there. It's just going to be like two weeks late. Yeah. yeah, well, it'll be there then. That's good. Two weeks from now, they'll have a nice breakfast, uh, you know, yeah. basket. With some, for with some for my wife, for, for Mother's Day. My daughter is so good at remembering things, but I actually got her involved early enough. Um, I was just trying to figure out something for her. There's not a, a lot of stuff we need, and I don't want to put more food in this house and more <laughs> objects. Um, so what we did was I, my wife's favorite vacations are Vegas vacations. She loves the slot machines. She loves the slot machines. So I had my daughter decorate the out backyard, kind of like a casino, and then mm -hmm. uh, and she built a little house of cards. It was really cute, but it got knocked over before anybody could see it. Um, and then, yeah, my dog and my wife knocked them over before I got back with the food. I went and got, um, I, what you just had to imagine it. Yeah. I just had to imagine it was awesome. Um, went grabbed a bunch of Valentine's day food from the public school, 818 brought that, um, got her a, uh, it was called a, what is it? Virtual casino, Vegas casino online, but basically like a online casino, put a 500 bucks in there and, uh, not so you can spend it all, you get a bonus. But then here you got slot machines. You got a pool now. I made we made mimosas. You're in Vegas. Gave her a buffet, a breakfast buffet, and gave her a little 
you know. Wow, that is incredibly thoughtful. I have to say, I have to say that is. Uh, I'm very impressed by that that effort. That's a valiant effort, sir. I did my best. I only made her cry like three times um, for being too mean that day, but otherwise we did good. <laughs> listen, by the way, shit's gonna happen. I mean, listen, everything is heightened now. Anyone who's at home with anyone else is got to be having, you know, serious. Issues and speaking of serious issues, I, I feel like Jeff. Oh no, we're waiting until Jeff for like four. Yeah, right? Jeff's here. No, he's, he's, I knew it. I fucking knew it. I, I can sense it. My Cesario <laughs> has entered the building. Yeah, you want to do a little intro? Bring him I, on. I, I do. I want to say, and I, I listened to something just recently, you know, because I was excited all about Jeff. And I, I feel like everybody should now listen to this, and you can get it on Audible as you can get a hooker tomorrow night by Jeff Cesario. <laughs> which is fantastic. There's also a Laugh Factory thing on Audible that he's in with a bunch of other comedians if you're looking to listen to some funny shit. And writer for the uh, Larry Sanders show. For I mean, he works with Adam Carolla. He, if, if you do not know who this guy is, oh, and and what is it? Chet, right? It is yep. Chet. Play with pain. Chet Waterhouse. <clears throat> Chet Waterhouse, which you can now hear on Starburns Audio. True, That's true. Right. And uh, let's just get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful, amazing Jeff Cesario. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. Me very happy. Good to see you. Can you see my little kitty behind me there? I do. Wait, yeah. What is it? That's, a, that's my little oh. cat behind me. Oh, my God. What's the cat's name? Rambo. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Jeff. Rambo, uh, Rambo sleeps most of the time. He only practices karate and crazy uh, forest survival uh, about once a month. The rest of the time, he's combat training. Yeah, actually, I have I have a um, my first ever actual album coming out in three weeks called um, uh, What Was I Thinking? And that'll be out on Eight Hundred Pound Gorilla. Yeah, we so if you want to wait for that to listen to any Jeff Cesario, that's okay by me. Oh, yeah. Listen, we're going to promote the shit out of that. We got three weeks <laughs> to talk about it all the time because that's going to be huge. I can't wait for that thing to come out. And Rambo over there could give a fuck. Zero fucks given. Yeah, he doesn't care. He, he's, um, he's, he's even probably irritated he's within proximity to me right now. See, I always thought cats would make really good agents. Yeah, they have a level of indifference that is uh, germane to the yep. species. They never come when you call them. Right. They get back to you when you're when you're sleeping. You don't even know they're there. Right, and uh, generally they're only interested when you got uh, money or food. Yep, that's it. So I think there's a very we're seeing a similar aspect. Now I wanted to talk to you about something, which was that we were talking the last time about. This idea of building a joke. I know you're so, you're probably over this, but I can't stop thinking about like this idea. So I started, I've never done this before. So I started writing down stuff okay, yeah. about like, okay, I want to talk to Jeff about this and see how, so maybe we can help some people who are watching. I thought it was like a little masterclass um, sure. about how like, so here are like, if someone's sitting at home and they're it's clearly the first uh, thing to remember uh, is where your reading glasses which both of us have uh, accurately put on. <laughs> Any joke writing, wear your reading glasses. It improves the joke writing immensely. By the way, immediately, so you can see what's happening. And then, all right, so here's what I want to know. All right, so here's what I wrote. Comedy ideas. I did a whole little folder. So let's start 
with this top one. Now you tell me, and I'll give you like the someone at home sitting there going, you know what? I wish I could fucking be a stand-up. And they don't know how to, maybe they have ideas. They don't know how to cultivate. So I started writing shit down. I'm like, I'm going to throw this at Jeff. So, all right. So I'm glad I'm alive in this era because if I was alive in, let's say, the 13th century, it would be so much harder to stalk someone. It would be harder to stalk someone. Yes. Now, that's where you said oh, there's no electronics, there's no way to follow, but then is there a joke in there? Or is it yeah. just not funny? So where do you start? No, I, boy, I don't know. There's a couple of different angles. The first thing I thought of was it might actually be easier to stalk someone because <laughs> the pool of humanity was much smaller. I mean, people were dying at 31 of old age. So, you know. It wasn't hard. It was easier to keep tabs on them. Yeah, exactly. You know, who has the Black Plague and who doesn't? And then you're, you're, it's a list of about 80 people lived in the world back then. Did I happen to pick a century that also had a plague? I think so. If not, I mean? just assume the 13th century had a plague. It sounds like an unlucky century. It really does. Jason, look that up. Was the 13th century the bubonic plague? But on the other side of it, your premise, there was a time when, um, I mean, one of the things I always say about stand-up was I, I feel fortunate to have started in the uh, early 80s because, mm -hmm. and in Minneapolis, so I could make a ton of mistakes and nobody saw them. There were no f iPhones. There wasn't anything. Um, and that's sort of kind of where you're at with this premise so maybe it's closer than you think time-wise maybe it's um you know it's way easier to stalk someone now <laughs> than in uh you know 1983 1983 you pretty much just had to drive around in a chrysler k car until you accidentally ran into the person you wanted to see <laughs> now you can just google them I, I do a bit about heated car seats. Yes. Um, they weren't around when I was growing up. If they were around, if heated car seats were around when I was growing up, I would still be sitting outside my ex-girlfriend's house. <laughs> you see, and you led the heated seat into a stalking joke. Yeah. And then I always <laughs> tagged it with there would be a sandwich toasting on my passenger seat. <laughs> and, and now you have the full stalking joke. All right. Yeah, wait. yeah, yeah. So, but there's but there's something to be said for okay. you know if you were kicking that around and banging that around. I like it. In, I like it in a closer time frame because I think people will grab that better because they'll remember. Because and then you'll be able to go, you know, yeah, you would have just literally had to go down to the post office and look at the new ten most wanted list every month. It would be very <laughs> simple, right? It would be a lot easier than okay, so a smaller window in between Maybe, the time yeah. is more relatable. I don't know, try it. See what happens. <laughs> but this is what's interesting is that you know you wait, what did you say? The white pages. Right. You had the the jerk, by the way. Right. <laughs> right. You know, picking the, the guy out of nowhere in the in the white pages. But yes, the white pages. All right. So now we got white pages stalking shortening the time period, but that's how you start to do an autopsy on an idea of a joke. Yeah. Hopefully not an autopsy, hopefully a, uh, <laughs> a schematic. Yeah. Okay. The autopsy after the 10th time, the joke doesn't work. Then you go and do the autopsy on the joke. Well, and that's really where, where you're talking about a big gap as well, because once you even decide, maybe this is funny. Now you have to go try it out. And yeah. 
Today, where do you do that? Now, especially stuck at home, where do you try out the new material? Twitter. You get a decent uh, barometer on if a joke or a premise has life on Twitter, balancing it with the uh, number of uh, likes you might normally get versus the number of likes that particular observation got. And then you can kind of feel if it has a little bit of legs. Sometimes just getting it out on paper helps you structure the joke. I am a believer in uh, Adam Carolla and I were discussing craftsmanship when it comes to joke writing. Um, um, and there's a, a wide style of, of joke writing. It, my particular kind of joke writing, I do like to, I like to boil things down to, to the least number of words if possible. Yeah. <laughs> and quick, so, um, Done. Yeah. So I'll do stuff where I'll think about, okay, what do I have the closing well, do I have the funniest words or the funniest part of the, or the most surprising part of the observation right. at the end of the observation, you know, cause sometimes you can bury it in the middle and you might have a little more effect if you put it at the end. So you can start to fart around with stuff like that structure right. and, and putting it out there in a way at it. Right. But it's still, you know, well, at least with someone like yourself, you have a, an audience base and you can say, okay, but it, Twitter, I think is the best place, you know, like you're saying is, is obviously let's yeah, do I, I mean, it's interesting. There's a lot of places now, a lot of clubs, uh, flappers and Burbank, some other places that are starting, um, you know, online, uh, chat room type shows. And yeah. I'm beginning to see some feedback from comics that are saying they're enjoying them. So if a comic is enjoying it, that means just viscerally the comic is getting some sort of direct feedback that is satisfying on some level. So those might be worth checking out. Yeah, Flappers are doing. What do you think? You think we're going to be looking at, at clubs going back? It's going to be a longer haul for the comedy clubs, right? Until people are going and sitting in small spaces. I don't know. Yeah, I think the last thing you want to tell any comic is we're at full capacity. Twenty-five percent of the room is jammed. I mean, that's yeah, that's generally not gonna that's not gonna thrill a comic, but it's better than nothing. And and you know, most comedians uh, with you know several years under their belt in the clubs will tell you that you know a, smaller crowds can be some of your best crowds. So it's a better place to start than uh, than not starting at all. Right, and that's hopefully not what we're looking down the barrel yeah not on wood uh but but you know i think it's going to be um it's going to be you know, when a vaccine comes out yeah i just think people are going to be like yeah give me a shot when i can get a shot then i'll go give me a shot give me something in my arm then i'll go laugh that tells That's me about when like they're going to be comfortable a yeah place exactly have you been right uh, now we're still we're doing stuff like you know honey save that bag it'll be perfect for our homemade pemmican you know, so it's we're in a weird time. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to look at some of the food choices that were bought earlier on in the uh, in the pandemic. I'm like, oh, these would not normally be bought. I was just grabbing shit off the shelves. Right, uh, the 29 cent bag of white beans, whatever white beans are. I, um, I can't get enough of those, or the the ugly little you know 49 cent mozzarella sticks that are like at the dollar store. Yeah, wow, that's a bargain at the dollar store. For they don't even last. By the yeah, way, nice. they explode. <laughs> they the mozzarella stick explodes? Yes. That's a soft explosion, a mozzarella stick exploding. Really, it would be like, hey, what was that? That kind of felt good. Was that a soft breeze? <laughs> no, that was a mozzarella anything. stick. 
It wasn't good though. Wait, I want to go back to something you said that I thought was very interesting, which was you were talking with Adam Carolla about the craftsmanship of a joke. So do you guys differ or are you similar in, in your craftsmanship? And I think Adam and I are probably really similar in style. Uh, I think if you picked somebody uh, more diverse from me, say Louis Anderson, who I had the good fortune to come up with in stand-up, uh, Louis, Louis writes, Louis is one of the guys, and there's not many of them, who genuinely write on stage. Hmm. Their synapses fire better live in the moment on stage. So he'll take a premise on stage with very little rounded um, and maybe not even a point to drive to. And then he'll just keep hammering and hammering because he gets that feedback or somebody will say something or just the way somebody laughs triggers a direction for him. He can write on stage a lot of uh, comedians claim they can, but I think it's a harder skill than you initially think it is. And then he can kind of flesh out a premise Mm-hmm. And for Louis, who's more of an actual storyteller, fleshing out the premise is really where the jokes are for him. Louis can get a joke on a look. It's like um, we had sad news today with the great uh, Jerry Stiller passing away. Uh, you know, and and the worst news. I, I, and Ben Stiller, my heart goes out to all the family. Yeah, terrible. And, and what a what a legacy. I mean, uh, yeah. Jerry Stiller was. You know, you watch the point. Just go watch King of Queens. And, I mean, he was tremendous on Seinfeld as well. Either of those series, just go watch him and watch this guy. Mira, Mira, I grew up. I mean, this is not. This guy is a comic genius from the beginning of. Yeah. Like, uh, and we we don't have him anymore. And what was and it? You know, you he could he could raise an eyebrow and get a laugh. Yes. Just the way well, he said stuff. I only had. Yes. I never really crossed paths with him. I had the opportunity to do some, I was consulting on the MTV movie awards the year that Ben Stiller was hosting. Uh, uh, 94, 95 even. And um, he was doing a live feed with his dad, with Jerry. Mm-hmm. And um, they, Ben was asking about something, about an idea, I think, for the show. And it was live, you know. Mm-hmm. It was going to be live. And um, they were rehearsing it. And and uh, the idea, Ben, you know, Ben was saying, it's it's a shit idea. And I want, I want my dad to say it's a shit idea, but he's not comfortable <laughs> with saying shit. So, <laughs> so I, I, for some reason, I just remembered a word we used when I was a kid, which was caca. And he hear him saying caca. He suggested it to Jerry, and Jerry said, "Yes, that's the word, and I will use it." And he used it, and I caught a laugh. And I felt—I mean, you know—I felt completely sated for the next uh, month. Just have, a month. that's a yeah, long. Just have Jerry Stiller go. Yeah, that's the right word. You go. Wow, that's pretty cool. It is, and I can literally hear him in my mind right now saying it, and that's immortality. By the way, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, he could. Uh, there are certain people who can just get a laugh on their demeanor, you know, it's it's so impressive. And then, like you say, you go back to Stiller and Mira, yes, and uh, sort of the blue collar version of Nichols and May, and Mm -hmm. um, they were unbelievable. He was he was unbelievable. The both of them were ridiculously funny, crazy fun.
Yep. And you also how close they were as a show business family. You saw the support, which is not something you normally see. Ben is in this one. Ben's in his thing. The mom. It's yeah. Across the board, they all loved each other. It was yeah, so super, apparent from the work. Super old school, cool, sweet, familial thing. I mean, we still watch uh, King of Queens. I mean, you know, Kevin James for for me is is just money. I, physically, maybe one of the most gifted comics ever. And, and, and people uh, like sleep on Kevin. The guy is a fucking killer. Ridiculous, ridiculous, and his stand up is crazy funny, oh, crazy. Yeah. His stand-up, if you, if you only know him from King of Queens, you have to understand how he even started with his stand-up and how Ray saw him and every, you know, it's like a whole trajectory. He's a stand-up guy at heart and he doesn't really do it that much anymore. No, he was out on tour last year and I think he was developing a new special and uh, oh, that would be what great. I saw was remarkable. Uh, you know, he his ability to blend, to play the whole instrument, to, to do the physicality with well-written jokes with styles, uh, physical movement, you know, he, he's amazing. He does a bit in, I think it's one of his first specials about, um, a guy going to get a greeting card for his girlfriend. And uh, mm -hmm. I just, I'm sure you can YouTube Kevin James greeting card bit and yep. find it. And it has everything in it from old red Skelton or, 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 uh, Jackie Gleason all the way up to the most current, um, comics it's it's a brilliant bit so there there's him on the show there's there's leah rimini on the show the supporting yep. cast with pat oswald who's crushing it pat oswald I, he's like the new michael kane I, I can't turn on my bar mitzvah video yeah seeing him by the way dennis miller reference yeah there you go and uh victor i can't remember victor williams who played who played uh -huh. his is uh one of his driver buddies there was talent the all over that show and jerry stiller still had the trump card and everybody could come. I mean, he, he was would walk into it just a scene and go, Douglas. And I was <laughs> laughing already, you know, <laughs> laughing right now. Yeah. And it was, I was cry Cause the guy was like that. He was in our lives. I mean, he's in my life since I'm a, a kid. Yes. You know? And it, just his ability to find where the friction is in a character. The idea that this guy's living in the basement of, of his daughter's house. <laughs> So he tries to make everything sound a little more grandiose than it is, you know. Douglas, I need transportation into the metropolitan area. And, you know, he just go, what do you, do you need? You need a ride. need a ride to the post office or whatever. Uh, and, of look, course, they played look they at the hell out of that beat. You know, look what he did with Costanza. It, it, there's nothing. Oh, my God. This is what I'm saying. You do it once in your life, once in your life, and you're a fucking legend. But if you do it two, three, four, to five times in your life, what are you? You're Jerry Stiller. Yeah, and I just read uh, a little anecdote about that. I can't remember where. Um, there's been so much stuff I've been reading on Jerry Stiller, but he, he literally said that initially they were leaning towards him playing the character Costanza's dad uh, more meekly because um really the mom uh plays <laughs> so by oh my God, i'm forgetting the actress's name but she's brilliant yeah. is so large grandma's boy uh yeah that that, oh, no, that everybody thought, you know any comedians probably instinct is let's get some contrast in here so if jerry plays it down woman plays it up 
And Jerry said, after two or three days, I just thought they're, they're going to send me packing because I'm not, it's not happening. I'm not getting any laughs. And he just took it upon himself in one of the run throughs to bring it, to blow up at her, oh. to like bring his level just above hers because it would, it had been a condensing for so long. And so many guys can sort of relate to that. And he did it live on set, just took a chance and did it and blew up at her. And the place exploded oh. in laughter. And they said, just keep doing that. And that's kind of how he latched onto the, onto the meat of that role. But it, it, and you can't even imagine it not being that way when you think of Seinfeld. Yeah. There's also a, uh, I just saw it tweeted out. I think, I think Jason Alexander uh, tweeted it, um, an outtake. Of a scene, just Elaine and and Frank Costanza, George's dad, are arguing with George and, and another woman sitting in between them, yeah. and and um, Jerry Stiller's reading of like a, a three word line is so hilarious <laughs> that 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 Julia Louis Dreyfus can't keep it together, oh, and I've then seen that Alexander starts falling out. I've seen that. They, oh. Did you see that? Yeah. They can't keep together. And it's, it's just it's the way he reads the line. Yes. It, it, it's words. a great acting lesson or certainly a great comedy acting lesson. It's the simplest of lines that, you know, I, me, I'd probably go, okay, I'll read the line. And, and he goes, how do I, I think there's a way I can make this fun, funny. And he figures out how to do it. It's, it's, it's an amazing instinct to take those sort of comedy stand-up muscles and then transfer them to acting. I don't know how you do it. Well, I don't. I, listen, I have no, and then you look at also, you know, let's, Ben Stiller, you, you raised uh, a genius there. I mean, about what he did at Escape uh, with Dana Mora and, you know, some of the camera work. Yeah. This guy is a narrative genius. He's a comic genius. Yeah. And he raised a decent mensch of a human being on top of it. So, yeah. Uh, well, ben, but I always think for some reason there's a little something in, in any comic that you remember. And Ben, it was always a character he did. I think he did him on SNL too, but. Uh, the old sort of Vegas uh, show guy, kind of agent, <laughs> you always go, do it, do it, go ahead, do it. And I, I don't know why, that always, it makes me laugh even now. I don't even have to have a context for it. I didn't need one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I just saw it immediately in my head. And that's that no, no, no. Uh, flirting with disaster. Have you ever seen oh, flirting? Yeah. Yeah, Patricia Arquette, and it's about an adopted kid, which, you know, it's very interesting. It's not to ben, it's adopted. So, so funny in that. And it's Alan Alda. Lily Tomlin, the acid Lily Tomlin, crush it. She's a great guy. She's a great guide. Yeah, yeah. That's a good a quarantine watch, Flirting with Disaster. That's a great funny movie. And the director is someone really, wait, is it Ben? No, I think look at someone else because uh, flirting with disaster. Why am I? I'm flaking on the director. I, God, it's a big director now, big comedy guy. Sorry, yeah. flaking. Yeah, he'll figure it out. It'll pop up on the. Yep, there he goes. The guy who directed I Heart Huckabees. Oh, uh, uh, um, not P.T. Anderson, oh, but uh, uh, David o. Russell. Anderson? David O. Russell. Ah, right, 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 right. There, there it is, and it might have been one of his first films. Yeah, well, boy. Right. Man, good watch, hilarious. by the way. Good call. And it's and God so rest his soul, Jerry Stiller. Uh, yeah, the best. The best. Prince. Let me ask you something, Jeff. Are you a yeah. uh, member of the Friars Club? 
Sure. You I was only in it a couple of times, but I, I remember the Friars Club, yeah. But are you a member? Like, how does that work? You have to get asked, uh, invited? I, I, feel I like you pay and you join. Uh, but I, I think uh, certainly back in the probably 50s and 60s, it was very exclusive. And I think they right. voted on who got in and things like that. And I think the voting probably stuck around through about the 80s, maybe the 90s. But then I think at some point um, to help it maintain its viability mm -hmm. and get younger comics in, they loosened up a little bit of that. Jeff Ross would probably be the guy who had a history on that because I think he kind of dove into that a little bit. He got into the Friars Club. Yeah, I like I it. There's something still about even going. Get me a little misty. I want to. Yeah, like, I'm not sure if it's in. if it's going, but but boy, in its heyday, that must have been one hell of a party. That's what I'm saying. It's like you know the the comedy version of Hef's Loft in Chicago. Yeah, it's like a 200 member Rat Pack. You know, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. impressive. I want that very much. So let's talk a little, because I know, wait, Jeff Ross, Jason, get me Jeff Ross. You you already read my mind, Jason. Yeah. Listen, Jeff Ross, I, I get him or Adam Duritz, because they look exactly alike. So we can get either one of them from the from the Counting Crows, and I think uh, Adam sure. might be available. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. There was a moment where Jeff Ross really, with his long hair, and he went with the roast thing, he's like, I'm a rock star. And I was like, Jeff, you're fucking hysterical. You're not a rock star. Don't dress like that and lose the dreads. Can you give me well, a he took, he took your advice because he's he's killing it. This is being you can't Jeff. Stop that guy, you can't. That guy is literally uh, he's like a transformer. You cannot stop him. No, and he's really funny. He's a, he's an amazing dude. You just see him acting in something that was good too. Like a guy, really? Can, yeah, I swear. Unless I'm just making this up in my mind, which is no, possible. no. He's 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 uh he's he's fearless. Uh, his specials where he went to the border and did a roast at the border and he did a roast in prison and uh, or comedy shows, but sort of built around that roast like muscle. And they're amazing. They're, there's a second level to them. Uh, that's that's uh, pretty profound, actually. Yeah. And, and but, you know, who's not here? Jeff Ross, who is here is Jeff Cesario. I want to talk a little about the podcast. Who do we got new guest wise? Who's coming up? What's happening? Uh, just uh, this week, it'll drop Wednesday, we have the great Frank Sebastiano. Uh, talk about sort of old school guys. Frank is one of the uh, great writers from SNL. He was there for 11 years, which in human years is like 50. Yeah, I was going to say uh, 77. 95 yeah. to 2006. Yeah, he was there, um, uh, started right in the Will Ferrell years. Wow. Uh, he did uh, the original Chris Rock show out of New York with Jeff Stilson <laughs> and uh, Louis C.K. and... and uh, and, um, you know, all, that whole crew. Um, and uh, he did Letterman for a long time. And he's just a veteran. And, and he's done a ton of the roasts. And he's done a ton of the Comedy Central roasts. And he's done a ton of, uh, of award shows and things like that. And he's, a, he's also a musician. So we had a great time today, Chet, talking to uh, Frank Sebastiano. And in upcoming weeks, I'm going to go after some people. We'll see who I can get. We're gonna see. We're gonna see if I can't uh, if I can't debut the Starburns era with uh, with uh, some fun some this fun folks. So this is coming up on Wednesday. You can get it everywhere. You can get podcasts. And, and eventually, he's gonna have guests on that I can spell the names without having to go on to spell check before I put them. <laughs> oh, is, is, is Sebastiano throwing you a loop? Uh, I I just never get the vowels. He's got, right. It. He's got it right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Sebastian with an O. <laughs> This G. Oh, no. Yeah, you got it. This is on Wednesday now. And you're doing an episode every week now, right, Jeff? Is that? Yep, I do. Uh, I do it every week. 
And I always lead off uh, Chet Lazar with a with a sports update, uh, and then uh, uh, you know usually brought to brought to you by somebody stupid like Exasperilla, the soda that tests your patience, <laughs> some idiotic sponsor. And then I just dive into an interview, but uh, Chet's a little loopy, so he'll screw some things up. And um, hey, it says here you went to collage. Oh, wait a second. That's college. You know, so he'll occasionally screw things up, but we get to some fun stuff and I try to get some anecdotes out of the people. Oh. And then we dive into some, uh, a little bit of sports stuff at the end. Frank had a hilarious story about how his uh, athletic career peaked uh, in little league when he uh, threw back to back like one hitters where he had no back to back, no hitters. He had one walk and 30 strikeouts. Wow. And then he said, um, then between your, uh, when you're 12 and when you're 13, they moved the mound back <laughs> six feet to 60 feet. And he said, I lost my heat completely. I was, a, I was a junk ball pitcher at 13. So I, I try to get stuff like that out of folks, like what was their peak athletic moment, regardless of when it was, or if they love or hate sports or who they root for, stuff like that. And then we get into some anecdotes. He had a great anecdote about being backstage with Jimmy Fallon and, and uh, lots of fun stuff. Yeah, and, then, uh, and then we wrap it up. And then Chad always tells you where he's going to be. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, if you want more of me this weekend, I'll be on that island of plastic bottles out in the Pacific calling UFC 250 for Dana White. You know, so. Uh, I mean, really, at this point, just talk it on the plastic bottle, man. Then he doesn't have to worry about anything. But, yeah, by exactly. Way, by the way, exactly. very quick. I like this UFC no crowd thing. It actually elevates the UFC. And I'd like to see the next match, Dana White and Joe Rogan. <laughs> They're starting to look like a married couple that looks yes. a more similar. Yes. Yeah. We, we are like, I'm doing crazy. It's like a guy and his dog almost, but which one is which? Like which one's the, the bulldog? Yeah, they can yeah. both my ass. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I would take, everything uh, they're saying is true. I'd take Joe in that fight just because, uh, A, I'd have to pull for the comic, and B, mm-hmm. you know, Joe's worked shitty crowds in his life. <laughs> so he's he may have survived more brutal conditions than Dana. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, you know, Joe doesn't. Yeah, you work Charlie doing. Goodnights on a Tuesday <laughs> in North Carolina. That's a you might have what it takes to, to, to be a UFC champ. <laughs> Dana White. No, just to beat Dana White. That's all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. Black belt. Yeah, Joe is definitely, and I think Dana is like trains. I don't know if he's a black belt or not, though. Anyway, I digress. Can I put you? I know you got to go, Jeff, and tell me to go fuck myself. But I asked Jason if you do this. Well, no, you could just say I got to go, go fuck yourself, Cliff. But if you don't, what I'd love is you could even drop me out. I want him to just say a little something. Is uh, can you just uh, announce the? La- I, did you see the lady we put on that I found on Twitter who was going fucking nuts about the masks? No. Oh yes, I <laughs> saw that clip. Yeah. You want uh, I would love gal, to do a little. Now, let me tell you something. When they were passing out guts, that gal got back in line for second helpings. I want to tell you, she is a firecracker. They could use a little of that in golf announcing. I think that picked the whole energy up. You know, they're going to start the PGA again. That's the gal they need to do play by play. Heck, I'd do it with her. Imagine her on the 18th green calling all the action from all around the course. That would be <laughs> worth watching. You don't need a crowd. Who needs a crowd with that? Nothing better than see Rory McIlroy look up in the tower and go, excuse me, can you keep it down just a notch? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. The great Justice Mario, everybody.
new episodes of a show coming out every Wednesday. Dude, thank you so much. It's called Play with Pain. Play with and, Pain. And uh, gotta, I, Cliff, I gotta have you on. I, I'm waiting. Guys, huh? I'm dying. I already asked him three times. So you know, don't feel right, any. You'll get the call. Yeah, Just, don't feel any pressure. It always reminds me of quickly. It always reminds me of when I worked at Larry Sanders. Uh, oh. We would we would start the week on Monday and shoot on Friday. And Monday we'd, we'd get the script and everybody go. This part would be great for Robert De Niro. And then Thursday night you'd go get me Bruno Kirby. <laughs> I need stars. <laughs> and then Bruno Kirby would come in and crush he it. Was in it. Yeah, he was on the show. Rest his soul. I remember that yeah. episode. <laughs> so I will definitely uh, give you a call, Cliff, for sure. Right on. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for being here. Jeff Cesario. Come on. Right on. Woo! See, this is why I love being able to do this. Thank you, And And I got to tell you, because I get to just hang out with people like Jeff. You know, it's (laughs) this makes it fun to me. I'm having a good time. Are other people? I think so. People, other people are having fun. Um, And, you know, it's fine. It's like, at first, you know, Cliff, you're like, hey, just you and me having a daily show is great. I just want to check in with somebody. And then it's like, well, if more people could come on, that'd be great. And then it's like, can we have somebody every day? Um, I get it. look what's happened. I get it. I get it. But look what's happened. You know, it's amazing. I'm just teasing. Really? No, but by the way, it really is amazing. It's, uh, I have to say, every time before the show, I'm like, oh, is it going to work today? Is it going to work today? And then every time after the show, I'm like, yeah. What a good day. Today was good. <laughs> I tell you, doesn't it, it, there's a weird thing. I get what these stand-ups talk about now when they're saying, you know, that they get all this, you know, they're feeding. They're almost like it's like an energy vampire from the crowd, you know. And even though I'm not hearing or, you know, the crowd per se, you feed off of this. It's very, That's very interesting. A hundred percent. And and it's one of the things that I, I'm actually actively trying to solve. Uh, is- or for comedy right now. I mean, not that I'm the person that's going to save live comedy. Why not? I'm working on some ideas, you know, maybe because the comedians are going to be the people to do that, but I'm going to help find the technology to help them. So that's what I'm working on right now is how do we get that feeling and that feedback to really feel great so that they're feeling like these, these virtual shows or something special. Well, what do you think about what Jeff was saying? You know, with the flappers doing these shows, like what, what have you found? What's, what's did you know, what's going on so far? And what do well, you think of the next stuff? stuff that's going on? And, um, and you know, there's live stream stuff the, 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 it's the two way feedback. So what I want to fi- figure out is how to get real laughs in that room without making it something where you're putting a whole bunch of people on a, um, you know, on a zoom me- meeting with their mute off and they're not paying attention. They're talking over the comedian. I want to, right. You know, but I want to be able to like real laugh. So they're really hearing that feedback, you know, and really feeling like there's an audience laughing because stand up is, is, you know, it's a monologue, but it's a monologue that's based around like pauses and breaks and being able to make some moves and hearing how the crowd's reacting to, to, you know, go into those next jokes. And without all that, then it's just a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a scrimmage, you know, but I, I like to look at it as an energy symphony. Yeah. Yeah. I like that energy symphony. Yeah. They're conductors of, of funny. Yep. And you get the best conductors, you know, someone is uh, Bernstein, you know, Bernstein. It's, it's uh, you know, and he's like, duh, 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 and he's got the gray hair and he's the best. And that was George Carlin or Richard Pryor, you know, and it's like, that was Leonard Bernstein and that right. pops and, you know, and he would take a crowd, he'd be like this way, that way. And right. it's energy and you're just fucking funneling it and molding it. And the best guys like, you know, like Jeff and people, they understand the joke. They understand the crowd and the relationship between the two. Yeah. 
these people that we have been on the show that we love. That's what you hear. And that's why I keep asking these questions. What does it say? I went from home. I work from home. Ah, Nancy, thank you. It's school and working for high school. Oh, she works for the high school. She's a teacher on top. Mm, my mom is a teacher. She for her whole life. She retired, but she has a, a, a junior high. This is great. It makes me laugh. Well, that that seriously, Nancy, thank you. Because that's it. That's the whole thing for us. That's uh, you know, it ain't the money. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is not, but it's definitely it is not the money. No. <laughs> but by the way, I wouldn't stop for anything. I absolutely love it. So what, I, mean, I feel like I was just saying something interesting. And I, uh, you, know, you talk about all the energy and I think that you're absolutely right. The, the, the whole piece, you know, whether it's a conductor or it's a, a rock, you know, rock star and, you know, different, different comedians yeah. do it different ways. Like there's a, there's a conductor and there's a Joey Ramone and there's a, you know, there's a, you know, and there's a Lady Gaga, a Lady Gaga and an Axl Rose. There's just, yes. a, and a Master P. I don't know why Master P is the rapper I decided to pick, but there's well, a. By the way, Master P had a tank. Yeah, exactly. At some point, I remember him on the cover of like a Source magazine on a in a tank or something. What I remember, and 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 I wish I we could have uh, you know talk back about this. He was also in the WCW for a little while, about that same time as uh, Master P. Arquette. Yeah, Master P was doing oh, some really around that that that. What do they call it? The Vince Russo era, uh, which is also part of that whole thing with uh, yeah or David. This is what we got to have David come back on. That's that's a for sure. And this is the other thing. Yes, you're right. It is. It's rock stars. It's pop stars. There's a conductor and there's energy. They understand how to move in in the live show. You know, the difference between a musician, I'll say, and what comedians do is that musicians can put the songs out and people can experience it in their homes. But with, with comedians, they, they the crowd is almost essential. Yeah. yeah and I was thinking of comedians as rock stars in that particular metaphor anyway. I was just thinking really? about Dane Cook is is so much of a, you know, he's a, he's a front man. He's right. got that front man energy as opposed to somebody who's more of a, like maybe a Louis is more of a conductor energy. And then, a, um, you know, depending on the person, that's oh, all. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's really, uh, okay. So the difference, some are conductors, some are rock stars in the comedian realm. I like yeah. that a lot. That's very, that's very interesting. Because yeah. um, like okay. I, I think Cook, it's a lot of his energy. A lot of his humor is because he's got great stories, but it's also his presence. Whereas yeah. there are some people that can just be up there kind of, not reading jokes, but it's very much more meticulous. And the energy. Stephen Wright. Yeah, exactly. For example, you know, I got a dog. I named him Stay. Gets confusing. Come here, Stay. You know, yeah. I can't do it, but Stephen Wright can do it just like that. Uh -oh. Sandy Gladster. Thank you, Sandy. Sandy from, from junior high is how long I know him. Yes. Yeah, by the way, I was in. Way before it was his girlfriend, I was in love with this girl. I don't know what happened to her, this girl, Liz Mannion. She was like one of the prettiest girls in junior high. She disappeared. You know, these people, they all go away. And uh, some people, I'm not really the person who keeps in touch that much, unfortunately. And not because I don't like people, just because, you know, uh, um, what? I get it. I get it. Just, you get busy. You got Yeah. I mean, is it's it? Is it it's a lot of work. It's like anything else. You got too many shows to, you have a lot of, imaginary people that you got to pay attention to. Yes, I got a film that's getting ready to go as soon as we get out of this fucking hellhole. Of, no, as soon as we get out of quarantine. I got, oh, she remembers Liz Mannion. You see, he knows. She was. She could wear this bandana around. Remember, that was a style, I feel like, in the 80s. It was like a, they'd wear a red bandana backwards. Like the tie was over here. So it was like almost like a necklace. Do you remember this? I don't really remember the that. Part. Thing. I remember going to different schools in different places. I had a lot of cowboys where I was. So I use the term fashion loosely. Yeah, no, I don't remember. I don't I'm remember. Fashion, but I, I don't disbelieve that that was a thing, especially in New York. 
You know that I literally, our town is like one town over from where Howard Stern grew up. Really? And, yeah, the difference. My mother said when we first moved in, she could remember it was like a, a this form of segregation that existed between Freeport and Merrick, where the cops would sit on the bridge between Freeport and Merrick. And if anyone from Freeport was coming over, they'd be like, what are you doing over here? Like the sheriff from Rambo. <laughs> oh, I, I bet. I, but no, but I'm saying I was one years old or whatever when they first oh, moved. Yeah. Really I mean, yeah. now, yeah, I mean, you know. Is this New Jersey know. or is this New York? Is this like, like this is Jersey? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this is real suburbs. It's about, you know, 40 minutes outside. By the way, amazing place to grow up. Now it's just as uh, progressive as everywhere else. But, you know, we're talking about the late 60s and a concentration of Jews in one little pocket in Long Island. Uh. I, I'm going to I'm going to send this out to anybody that's in Reno right now. <laughs> to me, there's one Jew. Show me, show me one Jew in right. Reno, please. Yeah. Never. I don't. I, I'm sure there are. And I, I've seen a synagogue, but I've never seen anybody. I saw there is one. I just don't. Well, you never seen anyone going in or out because they no. have to sneak in or out because they're afraid of getting killed. No, it's like mm-hmm. they go in the darkness and it's 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 locked during the day. I don't know, but um, if anybody no, knows a Jewish, please please let me know because I, yeah, I would really like don't know anything, huh? <laughs> You're completely Jewless. I'm completely Jewless. I was I was Jewless, and yeah. I was I was so Jewless in Reno that with the first time I um really like moved to LA. I was with my, uh, my girlfriend at the time and we're driving through and it was all of LA is new to me. So I don't really know where it was, but now kind of back placing it, you know, like when you drive to an area you've never been before, um, mm. it was like Highland, not Highland park, uh, uh, like Highland and Wilshire area over there that yeah, like the miracle mile, the miracle mile area, mm-hmm. like a little offshoot of that. And they're okay. all cute little kids in yarmulkes with the little bra- the, 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 the curls and, I was just like, we were obsessed. We actually stopped and came over because they were having this big festival in the middle of the street and it was the best day ever. But we had never seen that many Jewish people in one place outside of a television show. And it was, was just like the curls, like the payists, you mean? Like, yeah, the little, yeah, and the little kids in them. Yeah, and they had their shoes on and they were little cute. What? Say it. Payus. Payus. Yeah, there you go. Payus. Yeah. They're so cute. They a little, and I just want to take one home. And I know that that's not how you're supposed to look at children dressed in any other way, but it was just never supposed to say that about children ever in yeah. any way. I just, want to, I just want to take a couple of good Jewish kids home and hang out with them. Okay, listen, it's 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 very romanticized. It's not what it it's not what it seems. Trust me. They used to come over and play. It's not as fun as you think it would be. That being said, I don't know why we got you are Jewish though. And I'll tell you this. I thought when we first met, you were just looking at like my luxurious hair, but I realize now you were just looking for the horns. (laughs) Where are they exactly? Oh, there they are. They're just that's why I have this long. uh, But that's the other thing. Like I also never heard any of that stuff until I was older either. That like we have like we have issues with everybody in LA, but we prefer to base it purely on skin color or music choice. We seldom based it on religion. Do you see this hair? Yes. This, like, would you say it's a movie star's hair? Yeah, I'd say that's a movie or star. Or a rock star's hair. Ooh, ooh. I think see right, how the choices I'm giving you are only those two. I'm gonna go right now with a movie star hair because I think when when you cut it, it's a rock star's hair. But right now, since it's grown out a little bit, you got movie star hair. Okay, so 52 years old, right? That's what I am. Now, I'm going to tell you the secret before we sign off. When you're 30-something or whatever, 35, don't, like, like look at your hair and go, like, oh, I might be thinning. Just go fuck it and get on. It's not Propecia. Oh, wait. Okay, you see what happens here? Here. I'll put you back. No, no, no. I want to make it so it works. It's called you get on the generic so your insurance can cover it. 
and you don't have to pay a million dollars a month for fucking Propecia and you get on Finesterol for, it's for your prostate, which is the main ingredient in Propecia. Take it as a, what's called a prophylactic people. You will never lose your hair. Wherever you're at, it just keeps it at that level. So if you start taking it early, that's what you do. That's why you can be 52. Yeah. I didn't start taking it until yesterday. And so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Smith. So we're going to work on this artwork. I love the fucking hands though, man. The hands make the entire thing for me. I just get such a kick out of it. I can't wait till the blood's added. Oh, that's going to be great. If you like the blood, though, people, we're, we're going to punch some holes in the uh, Scott Porch's uh, suggestion, punch some of the dots in the letters, too. Oh, yeah. I think that holes are in the dots now, but um, yes. The holes are in the dots? The holes are in the dots. The dots yeah, are in the holes. I, I holy or dots. All right. On that note, we have nothing else to say, apparently, because we're riffing on dots and holes. Like, oh, we are done, too, by the way, which, yep. again, exact. you get a bionic sense for it. By yeah. the way, look up what bionics actually are. That's what it is. It's when you know you're like, oh, I'm going to wake up at 6.30 a.m. And then you just do. <laughs> bionics. All right. Jason, you have anything to say before we sign off? Nothing except I love you on. Thank you for looking at my pool. And uh, we, have, okay, I love you. And I love everybody out there. And we have a great show also on Wednesday. Carly, uh, Slut Ever. If you don't have anything to read right now, I would suggest reading Carly's book, Slut Ever. I am almost done with it now. We're going to go until next time, but she's coming on Wednesday. Slut ever. Slut ever. All right. Ladies and Bye. gentlemen, be safe. Stay sane. Thank you for showing up. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.